0: Uh, Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Maxwell Ivey, Max to my friends, some of you know me as Mr. Midway or the Blind Blogger and I want to welcome you to episode 4 of the No Excuses podcast and yes it has been a few weeks since the last one but in the meantime I've decided to change the approach of the podcast and so we're going to be having weekly interviews with some of the people that I've met along the way during my own journey and I'm going to let you get to know some of these people who have helped me out much better. So, today we have Michael Babcock with us. He's from YourOwnPay.com. Michael is a totally blind gentleman from Oregon who is a relentless podcaster. He records and posts videos or audios just about every day. He's also an expert in a lot of online marketing skills that could help you, such as building a website, updating one, uh, automating your social media networks, establishing or, or relocating an email autoresponder, and those are just the things I can think of off the top of my head. So um, if you're in that beginning stage or relatively new to having an online business and you have all those questions that you wonder, what the heck do I do next or how do I accomplish a certain thing, then Michael's the guy you should get a hold of. So uh, hello, Michael, and welcome you to the No Excuses podcast. How are you doing? I'm
1: doing amazing. Thanks for that awesome introduction, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Max.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you on here, and I have uh, benefited in my, in my own past from some great introductions, so I was hoping that you would like it. Uh, so why don't we start off by you telling people uh, a little bit more about who you are and how you got to where you're, where you're at now and what you see as some of the things you plan to do in the next, uh, say, six months to a year of your particular business.
1: Oh wow. Okay. So let's. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. But as you know, sometimes I like to talk, and I like to talk a lot. So let me give you everyone a quick rundown of where I came from. Um, I have been completely blind since birth. Uh, back in 2012, I was the assistive technology and braille instructor at the Alaska Center for the Blind. Uh, it was a wonderful opportunity, and uh, to be frankly honest, it was the most amount of money i would ever made in my entire life. I like to tell people that because uh, it's, it's, it's just a sign that sometimes it can take a little while to get to where you want to go, um, and then things will happen. My mother suddenly passed away in December, September of 2012, and uh, I, I felt it was more appropriate to live at home with family. Uh, So I flew back to Montana, resigned from my position at the Alaska Center for the Blind, flew home from Montana. In retrospect, I wonder if that was the right decision. But, uh, you know, live and learn. Um, I started looking for ways to make money online. Got involved in a CPA offer, which stands for Cost Per Action Offer, uh, where I got paid to acquire major companies like Netflix and Audible and Gamefly free or low-cost trial leads. They were paying me anywhere between $20 to $100 per person that I got to sign up for a trial offer. That was great to make money, but I was being told no and called a scam artist all day long, and I burnt myself out on it really fast. Um, so I started to explore ways to build my own personal brand online, uh, to, to build a way that people can say, hey, you're on pay. That's that blind guy who talks about digital marketing. I didn't realize that's where I was going until recently. Uh, but, but that's the idea. I wanted to be able to have a way for people to know who I was and to uh, eventually sell my own products. Uh, so I taught myself WordPress. I've been using WordPress off and on since 2006. But I taught myself WordPress more extensively and uh, started to learn about different email autoresponders and figure out which one worked best for me. Uh, you asked where I'm going in the next six months. Uh, interesting, you bring that up. Thursday, I dropped a podcast on the On Pay Podcast, uh, talking about some courses I'm creating. I'm in the process of creating a course to teach other people how to create courses. Yes, I know it sounds a little convoluted, but I'm creating a a course to teach other blind entrepreneurs how to build their own courses. And then uh, I'm going to be releasing a my WordPress as a blind guy course again. Uh, possibly even a podcasting course, a LinkedIn course, and I'm looking at a Facebook course. Um, And and that's just in the near future of different products that I will be releasing. So did that
0: answer your question? Yeah, it did answer my question. And and one thing that uh, I hope you're not overlooking is that uh, these courses that are developed exclusively for the blind are generally perfect for people who have absolutely no experience about running an online business. So uh, you have a a much larger audience out there, and I hope that you uh, this 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 interview will be a beginning for some of those people finding out about about your courses and about how easy you can make this stuff if they'll if they'll follow the instructions and go step by step. So, uh, definitely, yeah, yeah, uh, because one of my most uh, red post. Ever was a post I wrote on Pinterest, and I was surprised how many cited people commented on how it made something they were uh, that they had had uh, felt was really difficult to understand. It had made it seem simple to them, which is often the key is uh, is how to make something feel or seem simple to you, so you actually do something about it. So that uh, well, and
1: and I think it's interesting to bring that up because we often overcomplicate things. And this is something that I'm guilty of. I know you're guilty of it. I know probably any of the listeners listening to this is guilty of it at some point. And, and overthinking and overcomplicating are, are both directly related because I, I thought for a while, well, I know how to use WordPress. I No one else needs to know how to work, use WordPress. They can Google it and look it up just like I did. But people are lazy. So having a step-by-step uh, guide to walk people through stuff is is something that's over. It's it's needed. It's something that's valuable. And if you can do something on a regular basis and you you feel confident doing it for yourself, then maybe you could teach someone how to do it. And maybe you know how to use WordPress better than me. You could teach someone how to do it with a different personality.
0: Yep, yeah, I like to tell people that I am not the only blind blogger. I'm not even the best or most talented of the visually impaired people who, who blog. Uh, but, you know, I was one of, the, one of the people who put myself out there, so I became the blind blogger. And that's the thing. There are going to be – there are lots of other people out there who can offer a similar course from a different perspective, and it may make the light bulb go on for somebody that's been struggling with it for years trying to get themselves started online. Uh, Definitely. Okay, I want to ask you a few technical questions, but I want to remind you not to make it too technical because this is, this is not a, this is not a, a course or it's not specifically for people who already know what some of these terms mean, okay? Okay. Uh, all right, so let's start. Uh, what is an autoresponder? Why do they need it? Uh, which one are you currently using and why?
1: Well, that's four different questions there.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're, all,
1: but they're all short ones. They are all short ones. And you know what? I'm going to have to go back and listen to this because that's four different podcast episodes for me right there. <laughs> so what is an autoresponder? An autoresponder is a way to capture people's email addresses and send them messages automatically. That's the, the quickest way to explain it. Um, did, did that did – that, did, I cannot talk. Does that answer your question of what an autoresponder yeah. is? And
0: then why, do they, then why do they need one?
1: Why do they need one? Because um, number one, you need to have a way to contact your customers. Uh, If you have people coming to your website, then that means they are interested in something that you are posting. Most of the time, people's attention span is about 13 seconds. Therefore, if you don't have a way to follow up with those people and say, hey, I just posted this content then they're probably going to forget about you. So an email autoresponder gives you the opportunity to let people sign up often to get something for free, either a PDF, a video, uh, email series. Works pretty good. A seven-day branding course from a blind guy. Works real well. Um, and and once they've signed up to your mailing list, you can send them out an email and say, hey, by the way, I just posted this podcast, this podcast, and this podcast last um, last. Last week, sorry, I, I had to do something. I just posted these podcasts last week. Maybe you should check them out. Or, hey, I'm releasing this course. Maybe you should buy it. So it's a way to quickly contact people, and it's, it's a tool every business owner should have. Uh,
0: what are you currently using and why?
1: I am using ConvertKit. Uh, I was using Aweber. Used them for several years. They recently released a feature that I could not get to work, but I really wanted to use it. So I started to explore alternatives, and I found ConvertKit. Um, some popular podcasters, Pat Flynn and a few other ones, are using ConvertKit as well, and it allows me full control over my subscribers. I can add tags to subscribers, which means I can say, hey, this person's interested in this type of content, and this person's interested in that type of content. And it allows me to automate a lot of the, the tagging and the association of what type of content people are interested in. Oh, and did I mention it's fully accessible too? Okay.
0: Now, and as far as signing people up, uh, I'm assuming that you do not sign people up without their permission. No. Um, so that's that's a good thing to bring that up. So. Uh, You know,
1: you could go and find email addresses and just add them to your database and start emailing people, but that's going to get you marked as a spammer, someone who who sends out unsolicited emails. Uh, If someone subscribes to one of my mailing lists, they're required to go to their email and click a link in their inbox. it will say, hey, you requested information about learning how to brand online with a blind guy. If you're serious about wanting to get these messages, click the link below and allow us permission to email you. When they click that link, it tells my autoresponder, hey, this person really wants to uh, get this information, and then it will send them the first message and any future messages because they gave me their permission.
0: Okay, and what is your opinion or, that, or what you have learned about the subject of having paid uh, email lists uh, Either completely separate from your primary list, or as something you uh, you try to encourage people to move into. So what is? It? Yeah,
1: so I've I've had both positive and negative experiences with a paid mailing list. Um, and, and what that means by paid mailing list is, hey, someone wants to pay you nine ninety five to get exclusive email messages every month. They want to pay you nine ninety five a month, or they want to pay you four ninety five, or whatever. Um, it works best. When you're advertising that paid list to someone who has already enjoyed the free content you have, uh, my my biggest I, I like to tell people my most active social media site isn't Facebook. It's not YouTube or Twitter. It's my podcast. And uh, people who listen to my podcast have reached out to me and said, "Hey, Michael, how can I work on you? Work with you on a more personal basis?" And so I'm experimenting now. I had two three people sign up for my uh, paid email list last year when I released it, uh, which three people doesn't sound like a lot of people, but that was after I only had the podcast up for a month. Um, And I'm experimenting now with offering a paid option where people will get email content that is no longer available in iTunes on a monthly basis, and they pay on a monthly basis. Um, The beautiful thing about ConvertKit is you can have people on your mailing list that want to get your free content, but they're also receiving your paid content
0: as well. I'm gonna to have to talk to you about that after we're through because I would love to be able to create a separate list for my for for uh, uh for posts for my upcoming trip to New York that wouldn't necessarily be shared on my regular list. So that's something I actually thought about doing on you need to talk to you that about that after we're through. Definitely. Um uh, Oh, yeah. You mentioned that with social media, that none of the the, uh, the usual suspects are your favorite social media site, that your favorite one is your is your own podcast. But of the social media network, uh, which one is your favorite, your least favorite, and which one is working the best for you? Okay. So, so
1: let me clarify that. I did not say that none of them were, weren't my favorite. I said my most uh, productive one is my podcast. Uh, but to answer your question, my most favorite one is Twitter. That is my most favorite social media site. Um, Twitter and, and the live streaming app that comes along with it, Periscope. I'm, I'm pretty fond of that application as well. My least favorite would be Pinterest and Facebook, and, and mainly Pinterest because I haven't sat down to learn it. I haven't sat down to figure out all the hoops that I could jump through to make it work. And the most productive social media for me would either be Twitter or, again, my podcast.
0: Yeah, I think one of the one of the things that is keeping Pinterest from becoming a really uh, top social media network is the inability to automate it.
1: Yeah, and and interesting thing about that is I'm I'm looking at some tools that claim they can automate some of your Pinterest activities, but I don't have that much experience with Pinterest, so I I haven't taken those tools seriously. But there are a couple of tools out there,
0: and because of because of the the superstars of social media, you know the uh, people like the uh, the Kardashians and and people like that. Instagram is uh, is far more popular and far more widely used than Pinterest. So that maybe. <laughs> well,
1: it is, and interestingly enough, I know a, a blind couple, uh, the the Malarcy project, uh, Mike Mallarcy and Jesse Malarcy, and they are now, granted Jesse can has sight. Uh, but they are very active on Instagram, and Instagram is is doing them pretty well.
0: Yeah, I, I I would love to be more active on Instagram. My difficulty with them is I just still haven't uh, completely embraced my iPhone. So, and there is there is no way to co- to participate on Instagram from a laptop or desktop. It has to all all of all of your posting at least has to be done from your iPhone or from a smartphone. So that's or from Buffer now. Oh, you can do it from Buffer? Well, that's... Yep. Buffer announced that last month. You can do it from Buffer now. Well, I may have to give Buffer another try. The last time I tried it was over a year ago, and it locked up my browser to the point where I said, okay, this is not something I want to try again for a while. But as we all know, especially with social media sites, they change so often that even a week Mm -hmm. later, something that worked might not, and something that was a pain in the butt will be... Really smooth and easy to use. Uh, so, uh, me personally, I I think I'm a bigger fan of Twitter than any of them, but it's just because I have a bigger following on Twitter than anywhere else that I'm at. And mm-hmm. I kind of like that 140 character limit. It's a challenge for me because I I like to talk too, <laughs> but it also keeps you know it also keeps everybody else in check. Now, mm-hmm. you know they did recently change it where they're not going to count your, your your links as as characters anymore that's that's nice, and you're going to be able to send direct messages that have either a bigger limit or no limit and that's and that's cool but yeah. i kind of I kind of like the whole idea of the uh, of the one hundred forty character limit. I know it, some people don't go on Twitter because they just don't think they can do it um, but uh for me my my favorite network is LinkedIn because it just seems to be the most professional and uh, barring the a, 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 a occasional hiccup with their group section, it seems to be one of the more accessible ones for me. Yeah, Yeah, LinkedIn is a network that I, I honestly have not really given a chance to.
1: Uh, I have a, a connection – I have a, 1,700, I think, connections over on LinkedIn, but I don't have a very strong relationship with those people. And I'll be the first to admit that I – I have not leveraged that network to the best of its ability. Now, Twitter is an interesting thing, and, and I think people think of Twitter like Facebook, and this is why they don't get the success. They drop a post on face or they drop a post on Twitter, and then they expect people to see that post, and and that might be the only time you hear from them that day. Is that one post, or maybe two or three posts? Um, I'm using a plugin. It's called Revive Old Post, I believe, is the name of it, on yeah, my WordPress
0: a- site. That's the name of it, and I really appreciate you turning me on to that because it has gotten so much more new traffic for old blog posts off of my website posts that, like you say, when I originally put them on Twitter, nobody saw them because people don't realize that on Twitter, the feed is is constantly in motion, and so if you don't repost, it's as if it was never seen.
1: Right, and, and there's also the, the whole controversy of algorithms. Um, Twitter's recently discussed, I don't, I don't know the details of it, but they've recently discussed implementing an algorithm to where not all of your 12,000 followers will see your tweets. Only a percentage of them do, kind of like Facebook. So that's another reason why uh, you need to retweet, or not retweet, but repost your tweets. And uh, I I do it a bit more than you do. I'm I'm a bit more aggressive on Twitter, as you know. I've got my revive old tweets to post once every hour. I think you're once every six hours. Um, and, no, and I'm,
0: that I'm seems... once every I'm once every eight. But because of you oh. and my and my good friend Jan Moore, I'm definitely going to be uh, be changing that. Uh, I've I've uh, been a little a little slow on posting new content and I wanted to get a few new posts out before I reset my, my clock on my revival post. But yes, I'm definitely going to do that. And I'm, I'm going to make myself a promise that by this time next week, I'm also going to have revival posts set to do the same on LinkedIn for sure and Facebook if, they, if I can get somebody to do it for me. Because for some reason, revival post and Facebook don't play well together so there's like about nine steps you have to go through and a couple of hoops you have to jump through in order to get Revival Post to work with Facebook. However, I found, I found a way around that by by allowing my Twitter feed to repost mm-hmm. to Facebook. So all I really need to do is add LinkedIn. But by this time next week, I'll add LinkedIn. So, so yeah, Revival Post is a great app. I appreciate you telling me about that. Um, and I think you should tell people your your approach to Social media because it's more in line with the current philosophy that uh, it's more about having connected, loyal followers that you have relationships with, than it is about having raw numbers. Because you have actually deleted your followings and started over several times <laughs> because you don't want to have followers that you don't know. Yep, yep, yep. So um, with
1: with Twitter, Twitter specifically, um, you can't. I mean, you can't really delete your following on Twitter. Um, I've, I've deleted all of my friends on Facebook before I had over 500 friends, and then I just scratched them. I even deleted my wife. She, that, was, that was an interesting
0: conversation we
1: had. <laughs> Why did you delete
0: me from my Facebook? <laughs> uh,
1: but I deleted uh, all of my friends and rebuilt that relationship, or re- rebuilt those connections with people who I either had an authentic relationship with or I was interested in building a relationship with them. And I'm finding that, that it's, it's given me an opportunity to get to know my friends and my followers more by looking at their posts because I'm not seeing all the junk that I'm not interested in. Of course, I see the Facebook ads, but, but that's, that's a totally different story. Um, but it gives me a chance to, to get to know what they're up to, engage with them, and find what their pain points are. Say, for example, the other day I was reading through my, tweet, or my Facebook, and I saw one of my buddies starting to market a book. And he said, but I don't know – how I'm going to get people off of my blog to be interested in my book. And I went and I looked at his blog, and, and I'm like, hey, you need an email list. And I told this guy that he needed an email list, and uh, from what I understand, he's in the process of, of getting one set up. He didn't want to pay me to do it. I, I bought it on a substantial price. Uh, but he – He's in the process of setting it up, and I wouldn't have known about that because his posting probably would have gotten lost in the vast quantity of friends I had on Facebook. So I'm, I'm, true, I'm truly about building an authentic relationship with your followers. Now, that being said, I don't have an authentic relationship with all of my followers, but I'd love to get to know them more. Um, and that's why I'm using Twitter lists on, on Twitter more and more because I can build out a list of of past and future podcast guests, for example. And then I can go on there and I can say, oh, Mike Malarcy just had a new Malarcy Project podcast, and I'll retweet that to show support to him as a past guest of the podcast that I had.
0: Yeah, well, me, I don't spend as much time on the actual networks. I do most of my social media activity by uh, email notifications and uh, people forwarding me posts and stuff like that. So if anybody is is wanting me to – to help them support something they're doing, all they have to do is send me a message through whatever network it is or send me an email because I'm always happy to help out my friends on social media. I don't always know you. what y'all are up to.
1: I, all I was saying, Max, is or tag you.
0: Yeah, tag me. Tag tag me often. I'm not going to get mad at anybody for tagging. As long as you're not tagging my brother's car in the front driveway, we're we're all good. <laughs> Um, uh, so, you know, but I think that that's a, that's an important distinction because especially in the beginning days, people get all bent out of shape about not having any Twitter followers or not having any, uh, Facebook followers or LinkedIn connections. And really, uh, you can do as much good, if not more with 20 loyal followers than you can with mm-hmm. 20,000 who are not interested. Yep. True that. And I often tell people that if you're looking to pitch a person with a guest post or a podcast interview uh, or an article for their online magazine, don't always go by the stats because especially in the early days, somebody could have very few followers, and but those followers are busting their butts to get the word out there every time there's new content. So I Uh, I I wouldn't always put one of my clients on a brand-new show, but I do brand-new shows myself all the time.
1: Makes sense. And and it's, it's again, back to that authentic relationship that that brand-new show might have with their followers. Yeah, it might be their brother-in-law and their mother-in-law and their sister and their uncle that are their followers, but you don't know how many followers those followers have, and I think that's important to consider as well.
0: Yep, and you know, nowadays we've got grandmas who have blogs that have some serious followers, so you can't never assume anymore online about who would or would not be somebody who can help you get, because like, like you just said, it only takes one person if they know that one person that sees their stuff. Um, my dad always yep. used to tell me, he said, Max, you, there's no way you can tell who will spend money on your game just by just by having them walk by the, the front of your booth, he said, is that even if you can look into their wallet, just because they have money on it doesn't mean they're going to spend it. hmm And he said, I have seen guys that didn't have shoes and had six kids with them that gave me more money out of their pocket than than people in three-piece suits who, who had fresh manicures. So it is. <laughs> but you do really have no way of knowing. And, and it is all about building relationships, something uh, my good friend Adrian Smith taught me a lot about online, especially. uh So now I I don't want to talk completely everything about business. Don't you have kind of a funny story about how you met your wife? (laughs) Oh,
1: yes, yes, definitely. So, uh, my wife's name is Mallory, and uh, we back in 2010, I had recently started a job at a Sprint Wireless call center. Um, and Mallory was the training manager, and I finally got out on the floor, went through all the training, was out on the floor taking phone calls. She walked up behind me, and, uh, you know, she, I, I, me being completely blind, I didn't look at her or anything, but I smelled her perfume. And uh, so I, I texted my trainer, and I'm like, hey, because my trainer and Mallory were good friends. I'm like, hey, do you know what kind of perfume Mallory wears? I really like the smell of it. And uh, before I texted that, I'm like, hey, Tammy, I'm going to send you probably the weirdest text message you've ever gotten. Uh, and she told me that that was the weirdest text she's ever gotten. Um, but she, she told me she didn't know, and, you know, I moved on with my day. Well, about two days after that conversation, I, I'm like, hey, why don't I look Mallory up on Facebook and see if I can find her? And I found her, and uh, she did not have her privacy settings set very, uh, very sufficiently. So uh, I, I happened to see that her phone number was listed, and so I texted her and I said, hey, if you don't want creepy blind people texting you, maybe you shouldn't put your number on Facebook. Um, the next morning I walked in. And was taking phone calls, and I, at the time I smoked cigarettes. And I went on my break, and as I was going out for a cigarette, I walked past Mallory, and I said, "Hey, did you get my text message?" She goes, "Michael, why would you text me?" Remember, me and her really had never really talked much. She's given me a little bit of help. Uh, she said, "Why would you text me?" And when I get out uh, into the area where I could smoke, she texted me back. I forget what she said now. Uh, but but needless to say that if you don't want creepy blind people to text you, you shouldn't have put your number on Facebook. Was how I met my wife, pretty much.
0: Yeah, see, I I love that story because as you know, I'm I'm all about asking people strange, unusual, difficult questions. Uh, you know, I feel like if somebody if somebody posts their email address, that means that they're open to you emailing them. That's just So yep. and I feel far too many people would be better off if they would ask. Crazy ass questions like that. I really do.
1: <laughs> true that. I I completely agree. And and it's it's
0: you know you, you being authentic,
1: especially if that's the type of person you are. I'm the type of person who's crazy. I joke around about my blindness. My blindness is something that that just happened to me, so it's it's not an issue for me. And so I was I was my true self when I sent you that text message. And now we've been happily together for we were talking about it six years today. So, well, not today, but this this month we've known each other for six years
0: yeah and she's put up with you two cats yeah. three dogs uh two younger brothers and a third one coming next next month i mean uh next week and my six-year-old son that i have with a previous marriage <laughs> have you thought about uh, you and her writing a book to explain to explain this shit to the rest of us who obviously don't understand what we're doing
1: uh, no, I have not. Well, I don't know. The other day, someone mentioned book, and I'm like, huh, maybe I should write a book. But I, I have not thought about actually sitting down and writing a book about about everything that's gone on in our life. Maybe I should, and, and, and I'll call it "Creepy Blind People," <laughs> or 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 the title could be "Don't Put Your Number on
0: Facebook." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as you know, uh, a a best selling book starts with a best selling title, so. Yes. You hope. Uh, yeah, if I were if I were really good at doing this, I would have I would have I would tried to figure out some way to talk to your wife. But <laughs>
1: well, she her unfortunately her um, stepmom's mom passed away this morning, so she's out um, uh, condoling, giving her condolences to um, her dad and her stepmom. So we we can't get you to talk to her right now. But that being said, that's not to say that it can't happen in the future. I, I she doesn't know it yet, but Mike and Jesse have really inspired me to say,
0: hmm, hmm, maybe
1: I should put together a weekly podcast. Not not a new podcast, but a weekly podcast uh, segment that's Michael Michael and Mallory. And then I remembered, isn't there like a TV show or a, a video about two murderers named Michael and Mallory? And, and people might get scared of that. <laughs>
0: I don't know, but if you're looking for other inspiration, you should also check out David Steele and his wife. They've posted some really good YouTube videos over the last month or so. And, i need to do that. And he's kind of in a similar situation. It's him, his wife, uh, four kids, and a new dog, and newly losing his vision. So uh, wow. y'all might be people who should who should get who should get connected, regardless. But uh, his YouTube videos might give you some other inspiration if you're actually thinking about you and, and your wife not already doing a, uh, a regular segment for your for your podcast or for your YouTube channel. Definitely. Yeah. So that's one of the bad things about be, doing what me and Michael do is that generally once you start doing it, then I, ideas come up at you from all over the place and you get to the point where you have to just start saying, well, that sounds like a good idea, but there's no way I can do that right this minute. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and, and being able to say I can't do that right now is definitely a step forward. I, you know, people might think that it's not, but having the, the – what's the word I'm looking for? The, the ability to say, no, right now that, that, that's not going to work out will cause you to not be as stressed out as saying yes to
0: everything would, would cause. Yeah, you have to go from saying no to everything to saying maybe to everything to saying yes to everything, then saying no to just about to most of everything. Because yeah, in definitely. Because in the in the middle there, you get to that point where you realize that you pretty much can do it all if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, you can do it all if you wanted to, but as long as doing it all doesn't get you off task of your original goals.
0: Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why. When I started doing my podcast, I really didn't plan on doing interviews because I felt like it would. It's one of those things. Once you do one, then you pretty much have to do one every week. And mm-hmm. I don't really consider myself as as a podcaster. If you read my bio, it says sometimes podcaster. So to do this, uh, you know, this means I will have to become a regular uh, every 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 Sunday night, Monday morning kind of a podcaster, which is. It'll be good for me. It, it,
1: it'll be good for you. And uh, I'm, as you know, all about podcasting and the relationships that podcasting can bring you. And you never know who's going to be listening to you. That's the thing about podcasting. You know that Maxwell liked your tweet, or you know that Tom shared your posting on Facebook. All I know is that I've had 251 downloads in the past, since the 1st of September. I don't know who's downloading the podcast how many episodes they've listened to, what they've listened to, unless they reach out to me. And I think that's what I like most about podcasting is, is you can send out your message, but you don't know who else is listening. You don't know who all else, who else is hearing what you have to say and where they're hearing it. I had one lady tell me that she took me to bed with her every night, and I'm sitting there thinking, I better not let Mallory see this one.
0: <laughs> uh, You are so right. Um, one of the reasons why I uh, had start, had. Accepted the idea of doing a blog talk show on a regular basis was the the potential of people that can hear you and and what the opportunities that can lead to. Unfortunately, my co-host had some family issues, and so that's that's uh, on the back burner until I get another opportunity where I don't have to be the guy, and mm-hmm. I don't have to be responsible for uh, all the all the technical stuff. So. And I like to do what I do best, which is to have a good conversation and be in the moment. I don't like to have to worry about all the technical stuff, which is <laughs> which is why for any of y'all that are listening, we're having this conversation on a on a system called Pre Conference Call H D. And the reason we chose it was not because it was the absolute best option, but because it was the one that I was most comfortable with so that I could concentrate on hanging out with my friend Michael and having a great conversation that hopefully will help some of you out there uh, that are thinking about or already working on a podcast or a website uh, uh, podcasting what service are you using and is the what would what would you say would be the top- couple of sites that you would recommend for hosting and syndication syndicating a podcast Oh, interesting to bring this up um
1: Libsyn is my favorite podcast host. I love them i i will I will shout out Libsyn every day all day long simply because they've done me good um i've I've paid them i don't want to think about how much money i've paid them um <laughs> uh but but they've done uh good in they're they're good at syndication and get my message out there. I publish one podcast episode to my Libsyn account. It goes out to iTunes. It goes to Stitcher. It goes to Google Play Music. It goes to SoundCloud, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, all without me having to do anything else. And I can set it up to go to my personal blog, or well, my, my company slash personal blog as well. Um, so I'm real fond of Libsyn. Uh, for produce or for actual publishing of the podcast, if you're editing your podcast, I recommend looking at a program called Amadeus Lite. If you're a Mac user, if you're on Windows, I recommend a program. I used to say GoldWave, but now I can say this program called Audacity, which will let you uh, do all your edits for your podcast for free. And then if you're looking for a voice for your podcast, I recommend JeffRadio.com. Of course, if you like that, that deep, soulful man voice. Um, Or head on over to Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com to get yourself any other voice. Just type in uh, uh, voice or podcast, podcast, really just type in podcast, uh, and you'll be able to get some audio work for your podcast. And then, um, yeah, that's that's my podcasting favorite thing. Um, oh, and one other tool that I, I think people should definitely explore is an application called Dragon Dictation Anywhere. And that lets me dictate 9, 10, 1100 word show notes into my phone uh, because I'm a, I'm a podcaster, so I have no problem with talking. And so I will I will dictate my show notes for that episode into my phone, and then I can post it. Uh, to my podcast as well. And it makes my life a lot easier because I hate sitting down typing. Uh, I talk a lot faster, and I think a lot faster than my fingers can move.
0: And you're also one of the few people I know that is really into the newest uh, live streaming apps. You were the first person to get me to try Blab, and it was a very enjoyable experience. Uh you've done Periscope and YouTube and I'm assuming you probably also use Vineyard. So what uh what are you using for live streaming and what is what is your preference? Are you are you thinking that pretty much it's gonna end up being YouTube Live for everybody or? Um,
1: I'm using Facebook Live a bit. Uh, from my phone. There are a couple of interesting accessibility, I want to say hurdles or challenges, but, but accessibility quirks. That's a good word. Um, so Facebook Lives, what I'm using right now primarily. Uh, Periscope, I got bored with Periscope. Uh, that's, that's my biggest dr- downfall is I get bored with things entirely way too easily. Um, so I got bored with Periscope simply because I wasn't growing the audience as quickly as I wanted to. Now that being said, I also wasn't jumping on other people's periscopes because you can't really speed up a periscope. Uh, you have to go and listen to people saying hi to everyone for 25 minutes and then get into the content. And that can be frustrating when you're when you're uh, viewing live streams. So I think Periscope and Facebook Live are the two favorite ones. YouTube is good, but you have to you have to you have to be able to stand out with YouTube. You can't just just start live streaming because uh, my my younger brothers right now, one of them likes to live stream from the computer. The other one likes to live stream from the PlayStation. And so, I mean, it's it's very easy to get into that live streaming game, and everyone and their brothers know doing it.
0: Okay, so would you think that it would be, it would be something that, in addition to live streaming on YouTube, you'd also have to post some 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 pre-planned videos or some spontaneous videos to YouTube to try to get the audience there for your live broadcast?
1: Well, I think that and also engaging with other YouTubes. So uh, you can go watch a video on YouTube that teaches you how to do anything. Uh, my, my One of my younger brothers wanted to watch They're they're real popular at watching other kids play games on YouTube. And I said, hey, we're going to not watch other kids play games on YouTube for right now. If you want to watch YouTube, you're going to learn something. So one of my younger brothers learned how to use Canva for me. Um, So he can can do some basic graphic design work. But if he would have left a comment on there, who knows two years down the road who would come, click on his name, and go subscribe to his channel if they're interested in the content. So like any other stream, you can't just – broadcast and expect everyone to come watch your stuff you need to engage with other people that are broadcasting as well
0: okay and we've got about two minutes well then that works we're going to end up going over then. um okay <laughs> well well thanks for for helping me with the time there um so we've we've had we've we've had what i think is a very good uh conversation i'm for this being the first time that I have interviewed somebody after doing who knows how many interviews on the other side of the mic, I think it went really well. I appreciate you coming on and doing the, doing the interview with me. So before we go, I need you to, to tell people your your website and any of your social media links that you want them to know about and any anything that you have coming up in the next few weeks that you would like them to, to know that they should check out your site or sign up for.
1: Definitely. So follow at Payon on Twitter, uh, P-A-Y-O-W-N. Uh, if you're interested in reaching out to me on Twitter, I'd love to connect with you there. Uh, my website is yourownpay.com, and then you can also find the Your Own Pay podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Uh, what i got coming up in the next couple of weeks is I'm hoping – Fingers crossed, everything goes well. That by the end of September, I'll have my WordPress with the Blind Guy um, uh, upgraded course, so 2.0 or version 2 or whatever I want to call it, uh, available for sale for people who are interested in investing into that to learn the WordPress platform. And uh, that's, I mean, I got that coming out and then possibly a podcasting course. I'm not 100% sure on on what's going to happen with that yet, but right now, my goal is to get that WordPress with the Blind Guy 2.0 out. Uh, to help people learn how to build their personal brand and online, and that will include some basic email marketing training too. All
0: right, well, thank you again. And uh, before I go, I want to remind people that they can find me at theblindblogger.net. They can email me at justask at theblindblogger.net. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at MaxwellIvy, M-A-X-W-E-L-L, I have in Victor, E-Y. And they can find any of my other social media links on net. And I look forward to talking to many of you in the near future and connecting, as Michael said, because uh, social media is great, but it only becomes amazing if we actually help each other to, to move ourselves forward. So uh, until next time, thank you for listening. God bless you, and take care out there.